a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Anaheim One Review about time we've been waiting and uh anaheim one has come and gone and there's plenty to talk about a lot of our questions that we had all off season maybe weren't answered but at least we uh we got closer to an answer so thanks everybody for listening super appreciate it for 2019 fly racing introduces gear and technologies that redefine the riding experience the fly commitment to create riding products that exceed expectations for fit style and safety is reflected across the spectrum as the official gear of ama supercross Fly Racing continues to its devotion to riding and riders everywhere. Uh, Fly Racing, real products for real riders. Thanks to those guys for, again, sponsoring this podcast. And also, too, thanks to the guys at Maxis for, again, sponsoring the podcast. MXST Tire out now. AJ Catanzaro, privateer hero, running Maxis Tires all Supercross season. Um, MXSTs are out now, developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. And uh, please check them out from uh, mountain bikes to trailers to... A light truck SUVs to uh, many other things. Maxxis Tires has you covered. Also, two thanks to the folks at Alpine Stars. The Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. The new one is out. The riders are running an A1 edition at Anaheim. And uh, so please check that out. And Tech 7s, of course. I love the Tech 7s. So whatever your budget is, the Tech 7s, take a look at them. Uh, if you're not into the booty boots, uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, Alpine Stars. Protection. Thanks to those guys. Um. All right, A1, let's get into it. First up on the line with me, both gentlemen were at Anaheim, and uh, both gentlemen probably have a lot to talk about. First up, the voice of motocross, the voice of Geneva Supercross, the voice of Enduro Cross, the voice of quad racing, the voice of GNCC, the voice of Ricky Carmichael Amateur Supercross, the voice of Loretta Lins, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. How was that dog on the plane yesterday that my Instagram people seem to love? Dude, I, I fall asleep so effectively on planes, partially aided by the fact that I'm not ever doing any other sleeping except on the plane, that I thought that was a joke. I thought that was Photoshop. <laughs> I never saw this dog. Is this real? That real? I'm like, man, Oler, there's stuff they can do on phones these days. <laughs> you never saw I the dog? I had no idea that happened. I thought you were putting your head down and shaking it as if you were <laughs> mad about the dog in the photo. No. No, I had no idea that it was taking place. I was in another, in another world completely. But dogs like that? That's not a service dog. That's just a dog. Get, don't what get is me dog sta- doing on the plane? Don't get me started. Do not get me started. As a guy who loves dogs, it's out of hand. It's completely out of hand. Uh, Straight up, just, just a pet. On the line also from Fly Racing, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. I think the picture of the dog looking back 
at whoever was taking the picture was by far the best thing I saw yesterday. Probably, probably. <laughs> um, so, uh, JT, big weekend for folks at Fly Racing. The rain tampered it a little bit, uh, tempered it, I guess I should, I should say. Um, and we were do we did our live show down in the pits, us three, and we had Pike on there for a little bit. Uh, but uh, big weekend for you guys. Display looked really good. I love the shipping containers that open up and uh, have all the all the products on display. It's really cool. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, it was a lot of work. You know, we all flew in Thursday, Max went in Wednesday, and uh, I mean, it was, you know, multiple full days, you know, from from dawn to dusk, trying to make sure we were ready, and uh, you know, I wasn't even there a whole lot over in that area on Saturday. I was doing the VIP thing and, and running around, just typical A1. It's just kind of nonstop. Um, but yeah, I, you know, from what I saw and what we were ready to show, I, I think it went really well. Um, I think we learned a lot, but more than anything, we were just excited to be involved. And, um, you know, that was the first race of many that we will have, uh, involvement in Supercross. So yeah. I think it was a, a win, but we're just going to try to continue to get better at it. No, it was, it was good to see. It was, it was different. That's for sure. To see fly there, you know, like that after years of the, another distributor yep. being there, but, um, yeah, that was cool. Um, and also, too, we did a live show, uh, second second ever Racer X, Pulpum X, live podcast show in Costa Mesa. Uh, Davey Coombs came on stage. It was great. Ryan Villapoto. Unfortunately for Coombs, as good as he was, Ryan Villapoto was was on fire. Uh, Weege, it was a fun time. Thanks to everybody who came out. Yeah, and uh, I think you posted it on your podcast network. We're about to do the same on the Racer X podcast network. Um, I don't think, it, when you listen to this, I'm just preparing you. You probably never heard anything like this before. It was out of control. <laughs> Mostly because of Villapoto. I mean, right. every fifth word, I think, was an F-bomb. Right. It was great, though. It was fun. Oh, so good. I mean, you're going to love it. Please listen to this show. I didn't expect it to go like it did, but it was awesome. Right, right. And for everybody who wanted to know, so I, I hosted the Vegas one, and I made a bunch of notes, and I had a pretty structured program and everything else, and... Uh, I said, Weed, you you do the uh, you do this one. I, you know, you you host this one. You carry it a little bit. And he's like, Yep, okay, no problem, because we know Weed is the best at that stuff. And uh, show starts at seven, six thirty-eight. Weed rolls in, grabs a beer. I'm like, What are we doing? He's like, I got it. I said, uh, Did you make any notes? Nope. <laughs> I'm like, All right, you you got this live show in front of everybody. Go ahead, Weed. Well. You said we'd have Davey on at 7.30, so yep. I knew we'd talk Anaheim 1 press day for a half hour. I looked at my watch, 7.30, bring Davey up, 8 o'clock, send Davey off, bring Villapoto, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's all I needed to know. Right. That's not a lot of notes. Right. And I screwed up. The one thing that was, sort of was on me was having my wife there to read the questions for X-Brand Goggle Tariffs, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, and, well, we made it happen. Yeah, Whatever. exactly. The, so. the show is complete debauchery, mostly because of Villapoto. He's just, <laughs> I, I can't even... He's he's just full on stand up comedian now at this point. Yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting, JT, because when you have won as much as him, and literally maybe, uh, well, he's won the second most titles ever after RC. Is he tied with somebody? I think he might be tied with somebody. Uh, I think he's second. Maybe he's second. I don't know, Dunge. Dunge I don't maybe know. has more. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. He's got a lot, and so when you yeah. can do that. JT, and you have all this money in the bank, and you have this legacy, and you're you know you can pretty much say what you want. Well, I think that everybody, maybe not Dunge, Dunge is pretty reserved, but everybody talks like RV does when it's just 
in the privacy of your own home or you're with just your buddies having a couple of beers or whatever, I've heard everybody talk, you know, talk trash and, and be brutally honest about things, but you just don't get that in a forum like we had in front of 200 people and then knowing it's going to be recorded and played. Um, but yeah, that's the, the freedom and the, uh, you know, just all that pressure is gone, you mm-hmm. know, and it allows a guy like RV who is, he's outspoken and he kind of doesn't care what you think anyway. But when you're in that racing bubble and you have the weight of the world on you and the OEMs telling you to do this and that, you can't talk like that. So it's, it's refreshing, man. I wish, I wish there were more forums to get a guy like Stu, who we know is, he doesn't like that spotlight anymore. Uh, I think Chad, you know, in five years, I think Chad will be one of the best ever because he is not scared to be over the top honest about things. And the way he sees things and his viewpoint is sometimes it's very different than most people, the way they see it right or wrong. So that's going to be, you know, crazy. And mm-hmm. I, I think if we can get more guys like that to come out of the shell a little bit, when it's the right time, you know, for yeah. RV, that time is now. Uh, but man, that's, that's really good content. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. You know what though? I'm going to give, I'm going to put RV as a plus one though. There's one thing he's bringing that I don't think anybody else can. He has zero ego. Like, yes, he's saying whatever he wants because he knows he's one of the greats. But there's a lot of retired riders that are outspoken, but they're still angling to try to make you remember how good they were or take shots at people or, or rewrite their history book. Like, RV made fun of himself as much as he praised himself in this. Yeah. He, he's not trying to make you remember how awesome he was like I think most of these guys do. And Chad will be great, but it'll be for other reasons. He'll well, still be trying to prove some point that he's right on. I don't think RV cares at for, all. For I example. Think, I think RV has yeah. ego, though. I, I disagree with that. Well, I just, here's the point, though. I think we just, Remember he was saying, I, I don't jump anything. I don't like jump anything. You told me to go jump something, I'm, I'll follow somebody. I'm not going to jump nothing. Remember he was saying that. Like, yeah. How often would you I, get a guy saying that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think he has ego, though. I just don't. I think he's won so much that he's very secure about it. I think that's the difference. I think. Yeah, that's when you a good get, way of saying it. I'll agree. Yeah, when you, yep. when you get guys trying to remind you, that's insecurity shining through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yes. was straight well up. Said. Yeah, he was straight up yeah. saying, like, I didn't jump anything. I didn't, you know. I'm not jumping, yeah, jumping first. He's very secure with it. Right, right. He's, and he's fine with yeah. that, right? So, yep. um, all yep. right, let's, uh, let's dive into Anaheim 1. Man, it, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, conditions were light rain for most of the uh, third practice and most of the night show. I spoke to a rider yesterday, and I, I, well, I listened to the press conference where the riders were talking about the track conditions, and I spoke to a rider yesterday for about 30 minutes on the phone about different stuff, and it, I, it didn't, wasn't that bad, Weege. Like it, it, the vision was okay for the guys, and they were able to jump everything. Nobody said, like, it, 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 it just... It just rained perfectly to not make it like a shit show mud race. I think it's perfect also because you almost want to read a little bit in the results, like how much did the rain matter, but it's not enough to know for sure. Yes. Like yes it might it have had some impact, right, but right. it wasn't enough where it, you know for sure, oh, it's, through the, throw these results away, it was too muddy to really right, know. Right. Like it, it, you always want to leave round one guessing. I mean, nothing worse than taking four months of anticipation and then being like, ah, we don't know how this is going to go. Right. Well, we definitely don't. It was just weird enough yeah. like where just, you can't just enough to be like stamp anything we saw. Are Barsha and Webb good? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or, or what? Like, not good, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, just enough to like 
raise an eyebrow and be like, hmm. So, uh, to, to, to everything he saw. It definitely wasn't Falama, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and like, the, you yeah. know, Anderson, is he this bad? You know, right? Like, we, we're just enough. You can't tell. Right. You can't tell. Uh, but I thought JT, the track was good, like, for an A1. Like, it traditionally, as we spoke about on the Fly Moto 60 show, it's pretty easy. It's pretty tame. They want to start the guys off good, but not this year, man. It was. It, I thought the track was really good. Good job by, by Dirtworks and the Feld guys for building a, a pretty challenging track. Yeah, it was cool. I, I hate the first round, let's build a super easy track and just get through it so nobody gets hurt. I hate that because it just ruins the racing and it makes it all about the start and it takes all of the uh, just the, the talent. It doesn't allow these guys to, to display their talent on the track. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I fully agree with you on great job by Dirtworks and and coming out and not being scared to present a challenging track uh the rain was obviously a bummer but uh, that's part of it man every several you know every few years we're going to get rain at these outdoor stadiums and and i the way it's going this year i doubt it'll be the last time i think we're going to have two maybe two or three mutters this year just we're going to denver we're going to tennessee we're going to oakland we're going you know there's there's a lot of opportunities for it to happen you know seattle is almost almost a given that we're going to have weather so yeah we'll just have to play it by ear um you know but what you were mentioning before with the questions of where these guys how are they going to be were they going to be good or bad i had a conversation this morning that was interesting um you know it just it opened my eyes to some of the different perspectives because i talked to a guy who wasn't there in the afternoon, he had meetings and stuff, and then he showed up at night just for the night's racing. So he didn't see time qualifying. He didn't really, you know, those three practices, he didn't see any of that. He didn't really know anything about what had gone on. He just kind of showed up after it had rained and the track was changed. And he was asking me, you know, what, what was wrong with Baggett? Was he hurt or what, you know, he just didn't look good and, and he expected a lot more. And I'm like, well, did you not see time practice? And he's like, no, what happened? And, and so it was like, so crazy to me, the different perspective. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. If you, if you didn't watch any of that, then maybe you did, but he was, he was great earlier in the day. So there's just so many ways of looking at this race. And yeah, I mean, Webb was okay during the day, but then man, his main event ride was just incredible. And the same for Plessinger are the opposite way. He was, he was really bad all day. He was, you know, in the teens and time qualifying every time I looked up, and then he comes out in the main event, and he gets sixth, and he's he's riding incredibly well because of the conditions. So for yeah. me, overall, I'm just trying to, you know, temper my assumptions and my judgments on what we're going to take away from A1, whether it's Jason Anderson or Aaron Plessinger or Blake Baggett or any of those guys, Dean Wilson, uh, just because, yeah. man, it was such a different racetrack that we're going to see most of the series. Well, I got to – Weege isn't one of those guys to run around, tell people he called it and – Posted on Instagram, and you know he's not one of those guys to do that. A keeper, uh, yeah, I like keeper also. Yep. Um, okay. uh, but we, you, when we were doing the fly thing, it was drizzling, and you're like, I like, I like Justin Barsha to win, and uh, and and I said Roxon, and uh, whatever. Um, I think, I think this win by Barsha, it was fantastic. It's almost six years since he won. And uh, he rode great. He stalked Wilson for a while, stalked, stalked Mookie for a while, got by him. Uh, he was good all day when it was dry. And, and, as, and as the rider I was speaking to yesterday told me, like, track was greasy for the first set of practices. Second set, it was good. Third set, it was raining. Like, it was only an ideal track for one practice out of, out of the whole day. But Barsha was fast in that one practice and, uh, and all of them, actually. So, um, 
Really cool story we each to have Barsha win. Really, really cool. Um, great for the series. And yes, the mud and slippery conditions helped him, as we know he's very good in that being a New Yorker guy. But but still, really cool to see. And I think he's going to be a factor. Yeah, the reason I picked him was because he was totally in the mix. He was as good as anyone else in practice when it was dry. And I'm like, well, if it's dry, he could still win. And if it rains, his chances probably, if anything, improve. But it's certainly not going to hurt them. So that's why I would have put my money on Barsha. And, uh, but here's the thing. Like, don't give me any credit for calling anything here. I'm only 14 months away from saying Barsha was probably going to suck forever. So, well, and, and we can and, talk about Dean Wilson. And we'll talk about Wilson here in a second. Yes, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I got that one right. I did say, I did say on the first lap of the main when Barsha was in third, I turned to uh, Mike Yamaha's PR guy and said, "Get the PR ready." Oh, you did! Oh, wow! Just bold, bold claim. Um, well, I just I had a feeling. Right. Barsha normally um, goes Berserkowitz early, mm-hmm. and the way he actually wasn't doing that, yep. I'm like, I'm thinking, I think he knows he's eventually going to get these guys, and he's not going to screw it up. Um, so he's probably going to win. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's cool. JT Barsha wins a one, and and dude, again, he. I mean, I don't know who was riding his bike in Jacksonville to USGP. I think a fan was. I think they just he grabbed a fan and put his put, put him on his bike. Uh, JGR Suzuki, and he was hurt, and he was getting yelled at by the FIM, and he was trying to park guys who were like clearly faster than him. He was so mad and frustrated, and the USGP came, and he gets a Honda to ride the Monster Cup, and five seconds after he gets on a privateer Honda, he eats shit at the bottom of the elevated start ramp. (laughs) I mean, like, this is a nice comeback story for the guy. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think we all like to see guys have success, and and for him to pull himself out of the doldrums that have been the last few years, I guess, you know, last year was the resurgence of Mm -hmm. that. And we saw that, but this is just another level above that winning the first round of the series. Right. Yeah. It's it's when you think of prestigious wins in your career, you know, people think a one, you know? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't won a race in six years and yes, that last win was in the mud as well. Uh, but he proved last year that it doesn't matter if it's wet or dry. He's, he's going to be in the mix. You know, he's, Podium at A1 last year, rode really well. You know, yep. obviously suffered an injury. Then he's fastest in the first practice out Saturday morning, which I thought was a pretty big statement um, that, you know, I think everybody kind of looked at each other like, all right, well, he's going to be for real. Uh, but I think more than anything, my enjoyment out of it and my uh, the happiest it made me was that there are going to be multiple guys who can win races and elevate the, the race at the front because for the last two years, it's, the story's almost been, is Tomac going to win? And if he doesn't win, there's only one or two guys that can. It, it was either Anderson or Marv. You know, there just what there weren't enough guys that could win races. So if Dino can can you know replicate that level, Barsha just proved he can win. Uh, obviously, Tomac's going to be there. Roxon looked the best he has in you know since early last year. Uh, so all these guys, you've got to think, are thinking, well, I can win. You know, Baggett goes out and sets the fastest lap of the day in, in time qualifying. So there look to be more guys this year that can win races than we've had in a very, very long time, which I think is great for the sport overall. It just adds excitement. It adds parity. And that's what we desperately need. Uh, I'm going to hold off on saying we've got a bunch of guys who could win because of the, the conditions. I mean, it'd I I be great. That'd be great. But Well, well if you really look at it, okay, Barsha just won. He was the fastest in the dry. Baggett was the fastest in time qualifying, which he's never done that. 
So that's another step forward for him. Roxon is healthy, right? He gets second. Yep. He will, he will great. Okay. He's going to be in the mix. Marv wasn't good, but he, you've got to figure he's going to get better. Yes. He'll, he's won too many races to think he won't. Tomac, we know he's going to be in the mix. Anderson's the defending champ. He can definitely win races. So to me, right there, that's more guys that look like they could possibly find a way to win than we've had in a very long time. Maybe okay. I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. it comes yeah. down, we get three winners again the whole year, and I'm, right. and I'm wrong. But I'm hoping and I'm, I'm optimistic that that's the case. Well, I am hoping that also, but I'm not going to jump to that. But it was cool to see such a – I mean, and we'll get to Wilson and Mookie, but – you know, we had we had a running order that was very bizarro world. Um, but yeah, but but did you feel? And I, I have felt in the past that Tomac has been so overly dominant in speed over the guys the last few years that you know that's why he's won half the races. I didn't see that on Saturday, and whether maybe he comes out of Glendale and crushes everyone because that's yes. historically been a very good event for him. But I didn't look at him and be like, man, he's just so much faster than everybody because he wasn't even able to move forward, really. In the heat race or in the main event, he was just kind of there. Like, he was riding with the guys that were around him, and he didn't have any any uh, visible speed edge that I could see. Um, it was uh, it was cool, for sure, to, to, to see the different guys up on top, like you said. It, it was good. I'll, I'll reserve a little bit on, on, uh, on me. On my, I'll reserve a little bit of judgment, Weege, on if we have this parity. Well, I think with Barsha, you can you can pretty much cement that. I mean, he was on the cusp of saying he was in that group. The only reason we didn't automatically put him there was because he didn't win a race last year in Supercross. But mm. you know, we to, to say that there was a huge difference between say Roxon or Barsha or Marv and Barsha, like we figured he'd be there as long as he showed up ready. And now you know he's ready. So right. I think Barsha, you can count on. Yeah, the other ones, that would be great. I hope it's the case, but I mean, we've just seen crazy Anaheim ones before. And then for some reason it just doesn't happen again. So I I hope that's the case. Roxon gets definitely not anything that you can be sure of. Roxon gets second. Luigi brings back the nineties with his gear. Oh, it looks so good. good. (laughs) Okay. But you're fine with that stuff and you've talked about it and you loved it and you're fine with that. But when it comes to JT in the eighties, you're off. Here's why. Here's the difference. Okay. I don't mind retro if you want to go retro, but that entire gear line had nothing but retro. Like, your entire brand is based on the 20 guys that are left over from 1985 that love how awesome JT Racing looked then. Like, Roxon is wearing Fox gear or Shift. I don't even know. I don't even know. Which was it? I don't even know. JT, do you know? <laughs> uh, I, the only thing I remember is that that yeah. stuff was a replica of AXO from 92 or 93. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine if you're a gear brand to have some retro gear, as long as you also, the 90% of your line is based on modern stuff. The JT gear was literally playing on nothing but heritage. That okay. was my problem. All right. With it. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So Roxon was very good. Uh, he'll take that second all day long, like he said. Um, he was he got close to Justin a little bit, and he was a lot of yo-yoing uh, JT throughout the main event. Like massive gaps of seconds were made up and lost in one lap, two laps, you know? Um, it was cool to see that. Like, at times, the top three were so close. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. And then literally, like, the next lap, there'd be four seconds between them again. And I'm like, oh, wait, what happened? So, Yeah, just one mistake. Or, honestly, just those two doubles in the middle. Yeah. You hit them if you got them or didn't get them. That right. was multiple seconds per lap. And I love that, those two doubles. I think that, that stuff's great. That was a good obstacle. I would have liked to have seen the guys go underneath them. You know, in a dry condition, that's that would have been awesome. 
I don't know what that means. Well, like, you know the start went and hung a left before the doubles? Yep. Your next lap? Well, just keep going. And have the guys go really? under, underneath you while you jump the doubles. Really? What yes. If they don't really? jump the doubles? You pretty much have to, man, because you don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> you know? Like, I, I think that would have been an awesome spectacle. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, the, but yeah, the doubles were cool. That was cool. The big, the first one was big. It was bigger than a normal triple from what, what, what a guy told me. So, um, Tomac third, he's never had a good a one weed. So if you're Eli Tomac and the Kawasaki guys, and I thought he got that third, like JT said, he wasn't moving through the pack. He wasn't flashes of brilliance. I thought he got this third just really through fitness and, you know, just kind of, well, more than anything, I think fitness. I think I, I got to look at the lap times closer um, as far as my column goes on Wednesday. But uh, I thought that's what really helped him. You know, we had these rumors of maybe Tomac's back was hurt, and we made fun of that quite a bit in our live show, if you folks listen to that, about how all the riders then claim they never were injured at all, everything's fine. Uh, so we don't know. We heard these rumors that he had back injury in the offseason. He's denying them. We don't know now. Like, he didn't blow people away like normal Tomac. But he rode good, so is that like he's still working his way back to 100%? Or he knew that he's always had problems at Anaheim 1, and he's like, I am just trying to not blow it. Third is awesome, especially in those conditions. So more questions now left over. If he destroys everybody at Glendale, as JT said he normally does, then we have our answer. But um, I think for sure he must know that Anaheim 1 has pretty much always sucked for him, and the yeah. goal was to just so, don't get 20th. If don't you're Roxon and Tomac weeds, you're more than happy. You didn't win, but you will take this all day long. You know, it, I've it, even heard in the past, and I know this sounds crazy, but some guys win Anaheim 1 and they say that was terrible. It was too much. It was almost too much attention, pressure, weird. This is going to sound insane, <laughs> but it might actually have been better for Roxon to finish second than first. I know that sounds insane. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. Can- I... By the way, imagine right oh. now it'd be oh my god the story Roxon's back oh my god here it comes. like he's right. been through that and it hasn't worked out he's yeah. almost better going a little low profile here. yeah yeah maybe by the way uh, and we talked we touched on this on the live show like it's a big battle going on right now not a big battle but the I had a, a writer's dad tell me that we don't ask good enough questions uh, someone from Feld said we don't ask good enough questions the media at these press conferences. Uh, the riders, and we say, and, and maybe they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong, but and then we say, we ask the riders, watch them dance around it. I mean, literally, and this is again in the live show, Marv said, Marv did not touch on uh, a knee injury and lack of riding or Villeman coaching him. Eli said, well, watch me out there and see if I have a hurt back. So he never answered the direct question of, are you okay? Did you take some time off? Roxon said his arms are as good as ever. Which uh, you know he kind of corrected himself in that press conference actually after after the race, but um, yeah, like these guys aren't telling us a damn thing, Weege. Yeah, something about that Anaheim one press conference is just different. I, I think we've proven enough with every other type of media we've done. These guys are pretty good when you get them one on one and post race interviews. They're all pretty good these days. Anaheim one press conference is another yeah. animal. There's no fixing it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So we don't yep. we don't know. If Tomac hurt his back, I mean, I've, I've asked people at Kawasaki, you know, and they're like, oh, he had to go do some corporate stuff. I'm like, you're not answering my question. Oh, gosh. You know, oh, things like yeah. So, yeah, he had to do some corporate stuff, JT, in the middle of the offseason. Had to. <laughs> Just had to. So Just re- 
corporate stuff that required him to stay off the bike right, for an right, right, period. Right. Kawasaki's like, you know what? Stop, stop riding. Stop getting ready. <laughs> we got things okay. to we got paperwork you need to do. Yeah, exactly. Come on in. Uh, your expense report is way out of whack. Come on in and, and re- reconcile reconcile the credit card statement to your expense report. Um, so, yeah, it uh, whatever. It, it's fine. Uh, so the one of the big stories was Dean Wilson. Uh, he led 14 laps. He's a privateer, kind of. I don't know. I this is why we're doing the Pulp MX Yamaha raffle to just guys in the fifth LCQ, JT, because I don't know who the F is a privateer, and neither does anybody else. So Wilson's got a factory bike from the Rockstar guys. He doesn't have the, be- the best fork. He has a smaller diameter fork. He doesn't have the 52 forks. But, but I think he, he I think he wanted to keep that. Oh, oh you don't think yeah. he had a choice? Okay. Yeah, from the story oh, I got. Oh, no, he, he had, had a choice. choice. Some, that 52 fork is um, ripe with uh, controversy right now. That factory fork is not loved from what I'm hearing. Okay. So that's why Dean, when he had the chance to get it, didn't take it. Okay. So he's yeah. out of a sprinter, uh, and what a cool story, man, if he would have been able to pull it off. One career 450 Supercross podium, and uh, he led 14 laps of this thing, JT. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, the the heat race was was really good, too. Yeah. I mean, whatever Second you know, he and Paul Carabinos had figured out on the starts they they had him dialed and it really propelled him to success you know the the riding had to be great too we know as we know but when conditions go sideways getting a good start and having you know your your vision clear and not getting roosted and all those things you just are able to kind of do your own thing and um he took advantage of it you know it was a bummer i didn't think he was going to hold on for the win i just felt like man these guys somebody's going to turn it up at the end here but i for him to not get on the podium i thought was uh was you know, definitely. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? If you're him? Well, obviously it's a bummer, you know, but there's so many positives from the day you, you can't take it. You can't be bummed overall. It's just to go that far and that have that great of a main event. And then, Mm. you know, things just kind of fall apart at the end and you lose that podium spot, which is, you know, I think for a one, not the ultimate payoff, but it's a huge validation to, because it's such a, it's such a pressure cooker, that race, for no reason. It doesn't pay any more points. There's no more money up for grabs. There's nothing else other than just every all the eyeballs are on you and all these sponsors are like, you got to do it at A1, you know, and you're like, kind of like, why? It's the same race. And uh, I just think for him and his program out of a sprinter van to, to land on the podium and, you know, for to, to beat the, the factory guys and all that stuff, I just think it would have been huge. He still had a great day. There's still a ton of positives to take from it, but man, it was just such a, I'm sure he was like, damn it. Like we had it. And right. Okay. It just didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. More positives, Weege than negatives, but yeah, to not end up on the podium after leading 14 laps. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That part definitely sucks, but man, he needed that, you know, in general, yeah. in a huge way. And yeah, man, I was the one that straight up said the word overrated on the last show. I'll own that. Because, dude, I've been on the Dean train since the We Can Work With Speed days, which is, what, six years ago? And I'm like, it's just not working out. It's just not working out. It's four straight years of being hurt, and I can't remember the last time I saw the We Can Work With Speed level from yeah. Dean. Well, so I didn't think yeah. five years later that he was going to revive it, but he did. And, by the way, he was fastest for a brief moment in the final practice. So the starts were huge, and that helped, but he was definitely riding awesome. I don't know what – the heck change or is different, but I have not seen this Dean Wilson in literally years. Um, so, so that's the, good for him. The Rockstar Hockey guys are going to prep his bike between races and you know make sure it's good and 
Parabinos is going to work for for three rounds, I guess. His old mechanic, our buddy. Um, and then I don't know what's going on. Andy after that? I don't know. Is it is it Andy racing? Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, great to see. So, a little bit of controversy. He picked up uh, CPD. Is it CPD? CBD. CBD. See, it shows you, shows you how much I know. Um, uh, picked up a CBT. CBD sponsor. Uh, it's a cannabis product, it, it, you know, for oil, for joints and pain. And it's, that's a – God, I mean, we can go all around and around about that. So he picked up this sponsor, which is really cool. He's got a lawn company as well helping him out and, of course, Rockstar. And, and so I guess NBC said we don't accept advertising from, you know, dispensaries and weed companies. And this is sort of in that realm. And so he had to cover this up and – it's created a big controversy on my Twitter feed, and I'm sure on Vital, and in the pits there was some people that were really pissed that had nothing to do with the program, and I guess I see all sides as not a fell decision. It's a small logo, but where's Weege? Where is this going to end? You're a TV guy. Where is this going to end up? Like, What's going to happen? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything <laughs> okay. insider, but I don't think no. it's going to end no, up I very know. well for Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the I guess here's the rub, right? Like literally, the rub, the rub the is rub. that what he's endorsing is not smoking marijuana. He's endorsing these oils and things like that that are not about getting high at all. Um, but that brand and that company in general does sell weed. So yeah, NBC's got a rule. I don't even know. It might even be a law, but I, I guess maybe it's just their internal rule of like, yeah, we just don't allow that. Well, I was so, I was told yeah. that they. It, it, maybe it's morally they don't allow that, but uh, because it's not legal yeah. in all states, now you're sort of advertising for these guys, and could somebody chase after NBC? But that doesn't well, make yeah, a I sense. I just don't happen to know, like, right. there's always weirdo laws on how you can advertise hard liquor and how you can advertise yeah. um, cigarettes. Cigarettes, cigarettes. So yeah. I don't know if that falls into that category or if it's just a moral decision by NBC. But either way, it was NBC not failed, I believe, that yeah. wouldn't allow this. Wow. And the logo is so tiny, it's hilarious to think that you could even see it on TV. Yep. But I guess in the end, he did have to cover it up. Yeah, JT, it's not good for Dean. It's a little weird, but I, I'm not I'm not 100% like, yeah, get the pitchforks out and, and light NBC and slash Feld headquarters on fire about this. Well, I think there's some legal ramifications that uh, have to be addressed by NBC, and that's why I think they did it. Um, I don't think it was just like, a, we, don't, we don't think that's right or whatever. I, I think... State laws, uh, and this is a nationally broadcast event, I think there are some stipulations there where they basically are like, we're not doing this. Uh, you're not allowed to do this. So um, I think we're, gonna, we're all going to learn a lot about it because obviously there's a lot of questions being asked, and they're going to have to address this. Uh, you know, the, the company that sponsored Dean is owned by Dan Bilzerian, who I actually played poker with the guy several times in Tampa. He's from there, but a uh, very wealthy guy that's, that's a owner of this, this brand, um, and he he blasted NBC pretty good today. He has 25 million followers on his Instagram, and he let NBC have it on his social media today uh, for censorship. So we'll see where this goes. I know they're probably not thrilled <laughs> this morning because that's a lot of eyeballs. And, well, and I didn't, getting, yeah, I didn't know that, but that's not going to oh, yeah. help things. That's they're not. getting a ton of negativity right now, uh, PR, comments, social media. They're getting pretty hammered right now for, for censoring this thing. So well, I don't know. I, I'm, I, it sucks for Dean. That's income he needs, and I don't think that that sponsorship will get pulled. If anything, it would probably embolden Bill Zarian because he's going to be pissed now. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But it was definitely a 
not talked about very much on the weekend, but a, a pretty big controversy going yeah. on behind the scenes. So none of us are the, are the inside here. What happens? What do we predict happens, JT? Well, if it's a legal ramification, I don't think they, I don't think anything will happen. You know, that's where I think the the gray area is. If this was like we said, if this was something that NBC just decided, nah, we don't want to do that. That's not what we're about. Uh, then maybe something changes. But if it's legal and it's you know state law versus federal and national broadcast and all that stuff, what can they do? I mean, how do, how do they fix it? You know, that sounds more like legislation than than something they can change their policy on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So. Um, yeah, and further, we just live in this little fishbowl where this sport is like a huge, huge deal to all of us. Yeah, NBC doesn't care about it. They're not doing it for one guy on one Supercross race. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like I said, I don't think it looks right. good for Dean. I don't know what kind of compromise could be worked out, but right. I don't think they're just going to lift the rule. Listen, I, I don't know for sure, but if someone came to Feld Motorsports with a big check with CBD oil, I think they're taking it. I've, but I've, I've been told that <laughs> those, those companies have approached – these TV companies already about sponsoring because they have a lot of money, yes, lots of money, lots of money, and they've they've been turned yeah. down for this reason. So when you say I think Feld would take it, I don't think that's necessarily true because I don't think they're allowed to. Yeah, same reason that's not Camel Supercross anymore. They couldn't. That's why it's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd like I like to see Camel yeah. Supercross back though. But there were weirdo ways, like in uh, Europe, I mean, they had the most ridiculous things ever of having, you know, the logo looked almost 90% like the cigarette logo, but it was different, so they would claim it wasn't cigarette advertising, although it obviously was. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the Marlboro logo without the words Marlboro. I mean, there were a million ways that they used to try to get around these things. Yep. So I would assume the only way you could pull it off is something like that, like maybe the logo without the name or something like that. It's, those tricks have been right. used before, and for some reason, people do sign off on that. Um. So the, the, the star of the race, besides the guys we just talked about, Cooper Webb falls, falls in the first turn and comes back and gets uh, fifth place, absolutely on fire, fastest lap in the main event. And at some point, Weege, you and I were like, hey, are you watching Webb right now? Because he was ripping through the pack. And, um, but, I, I mean, he didn't look great in practice all day. But but this has got to be a huge confidence for him, Weege. So this is a cool story if he can keep it up. But he was flying. Yeah, he was. And that was great, and he definitely needed it. Um, unfortunately, I would say if there's one result that I'm like, ah, the mud is going to make this one difficult to predict, it's that because I believe he just kept doing those two doubles. And everyone else was sometimes jumping in or, or doing it inconsistently. And that was a huge time difference right there. So it's the one thing where you could say, like, Look, dude, he was just balls out and really good in those conditions and was making up time. And, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, three laps to go, it's like there's no way he's going to get Mookie. He's so far behind. But he was making up, I think at one point, five seconds a lap or something. Mm-hmm. And I could have just been in those two doubles. So, uh, hopefully Webb's really good. As JT said, we want to have more race winners and contenders. But whereas Wilson had that awesome lap time in practice to think, like, okay, he's really legitimately fast. And Barsha had times time we really practice. saw that from yeah. Webb was when it was super muddy. And Barsha had those times, you know, to, to back, yes. back up that, you know, so. Yeah. Um, um, but, that, but, dude, Webb was riding good. I don't want to take that away from him, but I have no idea if this is repeatable. But that's, that's huge confidence, JT, going forward. Like, as a rider and you've been there, you just fool yourself. It doesn't, you just fool yourself, and, and that could be something that moves forward for him, you know? Well, I think it was validation on the move, you know. I, to, I think he was the second faster than everybody. The, his best lap, something like that? Yeah, it was. 
Yep. Yeah, so I think it's, for him, that's a huge confidence booster because you have to think that the, at least the last season that he was at Yamaha, he had basically zero confidence. It had gone so poorly for so long that all of the confidence he came in with, and let's not forget, he was brash. He was not scared to tell everybody that he was going to beat him. Like, he's, this is the guy that would basically tell Hurlings, you know, at the USGP, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm better. You know what I mean? Like, that's his attitude, right? That was just how he approached racing, and you didn't really see that anymore from him, that, that it all kind of got erased by the, the two years of struggles on the, at Yamaha. So for him, I think it could be a huge difference maker as far as how he approaches racing and how he goes into Glendale versus where maybe he went into Anaheim just kind of like, man, I hope this goes well because I need something to turn it around. Well, you just got it. Like you can look at the timesheets. You can look at, you know, for him watching himself pass all these guys and they have nothing for him. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he does coming, coming out of Glendale just with, you know, maybe he's a whole new guy. Weed, you talked to Plessinger <laughs> and uh, this is one guy that didn't hold back on his off season. That was great. Dude, he's great, man. And you said that the whole press conference, he was in the back just laughing. He, he, was, he was right behind me in the press conference. He was giggling at everything that was going on. He was tugging my ear. He was talking to Barsha and laughing. Like I'm just like, this guy's awesome. Plessinger's like just, he's a breath of fresh air right now, man. He's so funny to talk, to, to deal with. Yeah, my theaters at the 450 class is going to stifle that, but so far, so good. Right. Um, yeah, that was my story on Friday. We made fun of the riders in the press conference for saying nothing, even when asked. And he's literally volunteering to me. When I, it just, he's just walking across the pits by himself, no entourage, nothing. And uh, I'm like, hey, dude, I heard some rumors that maybe the offseason didn't go smoothly. No, it went terrible, is what he said. And then he talked about how bad his back was and how much unbelievably faster Barsha is than him. It's not even close. He, oh, last time, <laughs> oh, my God, he's unbelievable. Right. I'm like, dude, no one is dishonest. Yeah, you said, you said how, how are you compared to Barsha? I'm not even close. He's so fast. Oh, yeah. He's like, I can't believe he can ride that fast. Like, he said... In my interview after the race, they're like, oh, what's the difference between the 250 and the 450? He's like, well, you just can't ring the 450 out. Well, Barsha can, but, he, but if I rung it out like him, I'd be in the 34th row, and I wouldn't be finishing the race. I don't know how he does it. He's so fast. Yeah, yeah. That honesty is refreshing. So he got sixth. He was so pumped. I mean, I think he was as happy as Barsha, maybe more. He was so pumped because, look, he didn't look good in practice. We heard the offseason was rough. No, apparently terrible. And uh, the conditions probably help, but I don't think in yeah. any way, shape, or form, Plessinger thought he was going to get sixth at round one. Yep. And he did. He's stoked. Um, yeah, he, he rode really well, and those conditions are perfect for him. Uh, Malcolm was second. Malcolm Stewart, second forever. Before the race, JT, Tony Alessi, his manager, was in the, pit, in the press box, and I said something like, uh, man, Mookie's riding really good. And he's like, he can win. And, and I'm like, okay, crazy Tony. <laughs> Sure, he can win. All right, crazy guy. Um, but he was second, man. He rode really well. I shot him a text yesterday and just told him that. He looks fit. He looks fast. He was uh, He was not uh, – he was between – he was in the top five quite a bit. I don't know what he ended up in practice, but he was in the mix. He looks really good, JT. Mookie does. Yeah, I think when Dino didn't jump those doubles that lap and Mookie – was in the air, yeah. and he knows that Dino doesn't jump them, and he's like, here we go. I think he panicked. I do. I think he he rushed it coming into that right-hand turn, mm-hmm. going to the inside line, and he missed the rut. And, yeah, I mean, it's – I want. He, he did look great. He was better than, than I've ever seen him in main events, but I, it was still – Mookie-esque, unfortunately, making a mistake. And I think he just no, – I think he panicked. You, you got it. 
you got to stop. He's 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 a new man. Okay, well, he still fell over in the main event. So he did look better, but it's just those little mistakes. That's what's going to keep him from winning, like Tony said. He's in that moment when Dino screwed up and he's like, "Okay, here's my shot." You you that when he makes the transition and is ready to win, he will take advantage of that instead of making- baby steps, bro. Baby steps. Okay. Well, just because just because you love Mookie doesn't mean that there are things he's got to work on. I think the way that main event played out was you had Roxanne and Barsha who have won a lot of races, and even if they haven't won a lot recently, a win is not like a life-changing experience for them. And you, I think you just saw the difference of Mookie coming from nowhere, no career podiums in this class at all, and Dean, one career podium, and really just four seasons of just trying not to get hurt. Like it was a difference between for those two guys winning this was like a lot on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And Barsha and Roxanne was like, yeah, we're just going to chill here in third and fourth and We'll just see how it goes, and uh, maybe we'll win it. Maybe we won't, yeah. but we'll be good. Yeah. And for the other, like, JT saying with Mookie, it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I, I could get the lead, and Anaheim won. Oh, it's just totally different perspective when you haven't that building process everybody talks about. I think that's what you need sometimes in this situation. There has been no building for Mookie at all. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was good, and it's interesting to see. So Marv got eighth. Never looked on pace, Weege, really ever. Uh, he's got the knee uh, issue that ha- hampered him in the offseason. Uh, he probably didn't ride like for like a month, maybe more. Got us had a small scope. Uh, we'll see. That's This is one of the weather conditions that we're, I'm like wondering what's going on. But um, we'll know this weekend for sure in Glendale. But Marv didn't look great, Weege. No, uh, this can go so many ways, and that's what I like, man. We just have zero answers to any of these questions. Was it just mud? Was it the injury and he's going to come around? Uh, I heard some insiders, again, talking about these these bikes of uh, Webb and Muscan and, I'm not buying and that. actually Anderson. I'm not buying that, by the way. Uh, okay, I know. I know you're big on not buying that. I know. But somebody did predict how it would go uh, like a month earlier, and they completely and totally nailed the prediction. And it was a wild prediction, like how Marv would struggle and things like that, and it happened. Now, yeah, maybe it's the knee, maybe it's the mud. Whatever it is, this team is good. I'm sure they'll fix the bike situation if they even have one. But uh, either way, we haven't seen Marvin in that situation in quite some time. Uh, Chad Reed didn't look good. I mean, he got a ninth because he's a racer and he knows what he's doing and the conditions don't don't intimidate him and he's going to move forward, but... Jeez, JT, didn't look good all day. Like, beyond not good at times. Uh, I, it's kind of what I expected. I, I just don't think he rides these time qualifying practices very well. But, dude, he was 14th I, or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it's been. <laughs> uh, I just don't think that's his forte. I think he's going to continue to be a second off because I don't think that he is – he. You know, he hates to talk about age, but I think age makes it more difficult to just turn your brain off and put one stupid, crazy lap in. You know, I think that's why you hear rumors about Justin Hill being a lot faster than him at the practice track. I just think they, when it's when it's race time and you have to do it for 21 minutes, things change. But when you have to do one lap and just go crazy and ride way past your comfort zone, and let's be honest, no one, no one is in anywhere near their race pace when they're doing those one lap flyers. It's so far past what is sustainable. Uh, and I don't, I just don't think Chad's great at that. So I kind of just disregarded it. He didn't look good. I, I get it. I was more concerned with the heat race. I thought he was pretty well, far off. That's what I, uh, I mean. I mean, I'm meaning all the qualifying LCQ. I mean, Carlin Gardner 
Weege, we've said it a million times. I mean, if if Gardner and we and and Reed hook up, Gardner seems to get the best of them. Yeah, the problem is we've had a few too many of those types of fill in the blank battling Chad Reed battles the last few years. It, it's yeah getting a little alarming. I know last year was hurt, and many other years he'll I take last year or whatever. I but. take last year and throw it away. I really do. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But it's just kind of like I was saying with Wilson. Like eventually, I'm like, okay, I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, and eventually, I'm like, I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> I just he wasn't good. I mean, that ninth though, JT, that's just veteran savvy in those conditions. And yeah, but I think that's know. what it. I think that's where he showed up was the main event. He had a horrible day or, well, just, I think an average day in practice. I think that's where he's going to be a lot of the time. I think he's going to be from eight, eight to 16, most of the season in time qualifying. I just think that's where he's at at this point of his career and how he goes about racing. But I, you know, to see him show up in the top 10 is kind of, once it started raining hard, I was like, oh, well, this is perfect scenario again for him. Like, this is what he, what he needed to turn a bad day into, you know, something, something respectable and something they could leave with their head held high. Wow. Uh, I think I didn't get to really touch on Marvin, but I think of all of the talk, you know, we, there were, there were whispers of Anderson having a wrist injury, which I still don't have really any info on. Uh, Plessinger, I got, I got you know, info that he's fine. Hundred percent. Okay, no problem. Well, Plessinger was off the bike. We know. Tomac, we don't know. He had now he had PR responsibilities. Apparently, you watch me uh, out there. You watch me. <laughs> but you know, I think Marvin was the only one that you could point to and say, "There's an injury. There's an injury at the critical time of the off season showing up on Saturday because he was not good. He was like 13th in the first time qualifying, and he was nowhere near the front at any point the whole weekend." Uh, that to me, it didn't matter if it was dry, if it was wet, if it, you know, any, any condition, he wasn't able to go to the front or be near the front. To me, that was the blatant, obvious injury rearing its head on, on, at Anaheim one that of all the people we talked about, that was the only one. Well, I'm worried for Chad Reed, everybody. Just going forward. That's what I'm going to put out there. I, his ninth was just veteran experience conditions. Condition, guess, um, condition uh, uh, enabled, let's say. I guess my question would be, you're worried, but based off of what expectation? Five to ten guy. He just got ninth. Yeah, condition enabled. Well, yeah, I, I get it. I think I, I would agree. I think there's gonna, there are going to be, multi, I'm not going to say a lot, but multiple nights this year where he's just like 13th, and then that's just how it goes. Like he was just. He was only good enough to get 13th or 15th or whatever in that right. night. But I, I, do, I still think there will be nights where things click and the track works for him. He's, you know, mm. five, six, seven, eight. I, I do. I think he'll be closer to the front than we saw on Saturday. So Anderson, the defending champion, had a horrible heat race. Uh, what did he end up qualifying overall? Let me look here. Um, Anderson had a horrible heat race, horrible main event. He started third. And we had sixth overall in qualifying for him. Uh, and he ended up uh, uh, 14th. Right, yeah, fourteenth on the night. Um, I've been told he's fine. I haven't talked to him, but I've been told he's fine. And um, and yeah, Weesh, that was that was a as bad. Obviously, RV uh, RV in um, sixteen or I don't know. RV got sixteenth with a couple of crashes as a defending champion. Still won the title that year, so it doesn't mean anything for Anderson. He could still win this title. It's nothing like that, but. uh, 
as far as not falling and everything else, that was about as bad of a performance uh, from a defending champion that I can remember in a long time. Maybe Fro. Remember Fro's first oh, few yeah. races when number one plate were yeah. were terrible. 90, but, 98. Yeah, but uh, Weege, it was bad. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, Villapoto probably wouldn't have won that night, but the 16th is because he crashed. I mean, he probably could have gotten, whatever, fifth or something. Um, to just straight up get worked, and uh, it wasn't just the main. Like, the eye-opening moment was that when Savachi caught him and just put it to him and put a block pass on him. And uh, there really wasn't much Anderson could do about it in the heat race. Um, and, hey, Savachi's been riding well. He, I think he was third in practice at one point. Like, Savachi continues to ride well, kind of like he did at Monster Cup, but come on. He shouldn't be just catching, block passing, and leaving Anderson. No, Anderson was holding dude, Anderson was holding dudes up. He was, yeah. and that was in the heat. And then the main mm-hmm. event was the same thing. Now, again, the mud is making it really interesting because it wasn't so muddy where you can guarantee it was just the mud problem. Yep. But, hey, we can do our rudimentary geography like we do and say, oh, I assume New Mexico, that would be really bad for him. Or maybe, hey, it was raining. Mathis, you did the goggle thing for a while. It's possible to just get screwed, man. The water just gets behind the lens or something like that, and you're just screwed. So there are some other things to blame it on, but, man, it didn't look good, not just in the main event. It wasn't great, really, at any point. That's what's alarming. My goggle source said there was no problems with any of his riders, and he absolutely was ready, and they crushed it. And you probably know who my goggle source was. Oh, you mean his brand? Your goggle Yeah, yeah, my goggle source. not Anderson. No, 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 no. He doesn't wear it. Anderson is, but, but... there was yep. no issues with goggles from one one goggle guy. That was you know. oh well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Justin Barsha wears that guy's goggles, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he he, he he said it was you know it's typical. But you know how it goes, especially yes, rain yeah. is almost the worst case yep. scenario. It is possible for one drop to just completely ruin your night. Okay, so uh, as as much as Webb is, we're questioning that. Is Anderson the negative result that we're questioning? Like he's not that bad, and Webb were like he's not that good, right? Uh, I think a little. I think I'm gonna put a little less emphasis on the conditions with Anderson, only because qualifying wasn't great and the heat race wasn't great either. Uh, so whereas Webb, it's like um, the mud. The only time he really rode good was just in that main event when the track was at its worst. There really wasn't much high or low to Anderson. It was pretty much the same across the board the whole time. It wasn't great. What do you think, JT? Where are we at with Anderson? Oh, man, I'm just that emoji where the guy has his hands kind of held up. Like yeah. Doesn't know. Do I, <laughs> I, don't, do, I don't. do I dust the panic button off? It's been a while, but I can no, I can find you it. Can off one round. No, no, no. I, I'm not. I won't hit it. But do you want me to dust it off or look through the drawer no. and find it? No. Okay. No, no, no. If if an, if there's another bad round this weekend, I'm talking like outside the top ten, and he doesn't look right again, then yes, that we, then we have that talk. So just leave it. I don't know where it is. So just leave it in the drawer. You can't do it. You can't do it at first round in the mud. No, I don't think so. I'm not saying push it. I don't even want you to look for it. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, very bizarre. Uh, Baggett got 12th. Seeley got 10th. And I honestly, I don't know if I saw Cole Seeley all main event. I don't know if I watched Cole Seeley for one <laughs> second in the main event. He got 10th. So um, not saying good or bad. Just, yeah. I was, I look at the results and I'm like, oh, hey, look, Seeley got 10th. Uh, Justin Brayton, Weege, you want to uh, touch on Brayton? I can't even believe he got the result he got because it was so terrible in the main event. Several times you just turn to me and you're like, it is not going well for Brayton. I just, mistakes, crashes. Um, but I guess that's how Reed ends up getting in the ninth. It was just chaos 
out there, probably from maybe what sixth on back, was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Everybody was making mistakes, casing jumps, rolling things, and Reed probably just was the only one that didn't uh, have chaos. Um, to watch Brayton at times, you would have thought he's going to finish twentieth. Yeah, he was uh, very up and down, yeah. like very, like oh, he looked good, and then it was like, what happened? He fell again, and you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is just pure chaos uh, for a lot of those uh, positions back there. Tomac had something funny to say in the press conference. He's like, yeah, I didn't think anyone was jumping those doubles. He's like, the little pack that I was in, and who knows, maybe that was sixth or seventh place at the yeah, time. Yeah. He's like, no one was jumping it. And then they put in the pit board, you have to jump the doubles, and he's like, oh, no, I guess the guys up ahead are actually doing it. <laughs> so yeah. it just gives you an idea, and this is Eli Tomac here. In these conditions, when you're in a battle and getting roosted and everything, it's just like a – Yep. Even for Eli Tomac, it's a totally different world. Uh, Justin Hill and Savachi, the rookies. Joey looked good in that heat. Till he went. Did he go over the berm? What happened there? Yeah. Was that heat? That was heat. Or was it the main? Yeah, he went over the berm yeah. in the heat. Yeah. That's, not, um, that's not more Joey being Joey, is it? Mm, no, I'm going to uh, I mean, hold off on that. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. All right. But it is the type of thing that happened to him a lot the last few years. But yeah. it's just a heat race, and it's just a one race. But And JT... Hill in practice again, just throwing it down. Just here I go. I'm going to be faster than all of you guys. He didn't end up there, but there were times where he was. It was Justin Hill. Yeah, I think we're going to see that. As long as he stays healthy, I think you're going to see flashes from him all year. Uh, I just think he's confident. I think he, he, as he said, he wants to be on the 450. He is on the 450. So yeah, the the mud and the adverse conditions. I don't think are where he shines you know but if it's a perfect track like we're going to see here in uh you know five days uh i would fully expect to see justin hill bouncing off the top of the board and and heat race maybe we have a heat race hill situation on our hands to replace heat race mookie Mm. do you in the morning he was wearing like pajama pants with anchors on them little anchors (laughs) and i told him i'm like either that's really bold or you know the other way and uh he's like i like it it's comfy I'm like, I like it, too. It says something. I'm just not sure what. P- pajama pants with anchors on them. He's the polar opposite of Ken Roxon wearing a suit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, all right, we got to move this thing along. But, uh, you know, JT, what was I saying um, uh, in our fantasy, Pulp Linux fantasy preview about Chiz? I'm just like, Chiz is going to Chiz. He's going to be in that main event. You guys aren't – nobody's going to know that. And that theory held up in a sense – that he made the main event, but Ryan Brees was the guy. Ryan Brees well, joins that cr- crowd of riders. He, yeah, he was the guy, but holy moly, did he catch a break in that heat race. Did you see how lopsided they were as far as the lineups? Chiz made it out of the LCQ. You, I'm talking about Ryan Brees. Oh, Brees, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the first heat race, Ryan Brees was, I'm going to say, 15 to 20 seconds behind eighth place, and about... 10 to 15 seconds ahead of uh, 10th place. And then the other heat race was just mortal combat for the top nine. Webb got ninth, and it was just a war all the way from first to ninth to qualify. And then, you know, Reed and those guys were behind him that didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. But that's the breaks. That's, yeah. you know, we, we said one guy like that would get in. Listen, you were, you, you were that guy sometimes getting those breaks. Oh, I'm sure it happened yeah. to me, too. Right. I'm just saying that's. I don't think that Ryan Brees was well, in the top 18 guys well, yeah. speed-wise. Well, Tevin Tapia and, the, the, yeah, Ryan oh, Brees happened. was that guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. he was the guy. I just, 
it's more usually in the LCQ or something like they used to have semis. Somebody would sneak in right. when the heat race, when it's that glaringly obvious, I was looking, I'm like, man, I thought the field would be deeper than this. And then the second heat race comes out. I'm like, Oh, there's everybody. Mm-hmm. There they all are. Um, ben LeMay. Good job for Ben LeMay too. Carlin Gardner, obviously winning the LCQ. I guess Gardner would be more of that guy than Brees. Brees has a number, but to me, Gardner made mains and, you know, well, he rode great in the mud. I mean, he was, yeah. when the track was terrible, he was fantastic. That's, yeah. you know, he just jumped. I don't think that was a happenstance. He just went right. fast. He rode great. So, biggest question marks are Webb and Anderson for different reasons, right, Weege? Yeah, I think that yeah. really nails it. I mean, yeah. Webb's ride was so unbelievable. Does that mean he's literally the fastest guy, or is this conditions? Is he, like, fixed? Is this, like, Cooper Webb we expected? Mm-hmm. And then Anderson, I mean, dude, third to 14th without crashing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, there's no way you could take either of those. Okay, Webb didn't just fall in the first turn. Like, he was last getting up. Yeah. He was the last guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 22nd to 5th and 3rd to 14th, you have to just wait on what that really means. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, anything else about 4VD class? Ron Glendale. Ron Glendale. All right. Uh, listen to this commercial from the folks at Race Tech. Use the code PulpMX19 to save. We thank the Race Tech guys. And, of course, Fly Racing, Max's Tires, Alpine Stars. Uh, thank you to those guys for coming on. We'll take this commercial break. We'll be right back to talk some, uh, some 250s. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. PulpMX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. FlyRacing.com, everybody. Please check them out on the web. Uh, Blake Baggett, Justin Bogle running uh, Fly. Zach Osborne running Fly when he races. Weston Pike will be back at some point wearing Fly. Uh, uh, Osborne's commercial. Uh, that played in the uh, in the um, uh, during the Supercross Night Show. JT it was a good job on on him and Pike. Uh, neither guy was there. That, that part kind of sucked, but but good job on those commercials. Well, Weston was there. He just wasn't racing. Yeah, yeah. So um, had uh, definitely like not ideal <laughs> building no. commercials for your two star riders, and neither one races the biggest race. So. Well, think about like Christmas Day. We lost. We just sitting there. We had lost Benny Weston. Um, and Zacco. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah, think about Benny Bloss. Right. So, um, anyways, that's the that's the joys of the sport. So, um, 250s, Colt Nichols, substantially off the pace. JT was your quote. But he yeah, rode great. I'm going to eat crow on that yeah, one. Yeah, he rode great. Uh, much like Weege's Dino assumption, um, Colt killed it. He did. So the guy that called in to the Moto 60 show on Thursday, I owe you an apology. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, but, man, don't let that 
take away anything from Colts ride because he was outstanding. He wrote a perfect main event. He, no mistakes. Yeah. He did everything exactly right. So I asked him yeah. if he made a mistake. He said, I had a couple close ones. I'm like, I didn't see it, man. You yeah. just, yeah. So, so I will, I will just say I was wrong and move on, but man, what a, what a great ride from him. Uh, we just got to be cool to win your first race at Anaheim one two fifty supercross race. Yeah, and the confidence thing that everyone talks about is it's just so hard to explain that or write about it as, as we have to do in our jobs because you can't see what confidence is. But you've heard over and over from guys like Mitch Payton who've been around these young guys over and over. They're always like, all the tools of being able to win, the speed, the talent, the fitness and all that, but still to actually do it, you kind of almost need to have like a fortunate circumstance to just get over that hump. And we actually see a lot of first-time winners in Anaheim 1 because I think it offers that circumstance. Other guys who have won before and are like, this is my year, this is my title, they, they ride tight in Anaheim 1. Uh, so sometimes there, that leads to these. Is there a guy, and, is there, was there a guy that fit that description maybe a little bit back in the fifth place? Today? What? No, 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 no. Yeah, just, never mind. All right, never mind. I, I, don't, I don't know where you're going. Oh, yeah, neither do I. And, and then it was, so sometimes the main guys don't ride as well at the opener. And then also for him, he got the whole shot, and it was muddy. And it was like, now was the time to apply. He had the ability to win all along, but now he actually got it. And now he's going to be really dangerous. I mean, speed-wise, talent-wise, this could have happened at any point yeah. if he was just healthy and in the right circumstances. As Mitch always says, you almost need to just have it fall into place one time, yep. and I, then it's on. I think so He could be really dangerous now. Yeah, JT, I think this propels Colt into – like maybe another win and full on fighting for the title. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but full on getting into the mix. Yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be in the mix. Um, I still want to see how it goes on just a normal dry track. I think he. I mean, what's the last thing I want to do is take away from the win. But when it when it's just a static condition, because uh, I do, I think Adam will be much better. He was all over the damn place. And I think Ferrandis and McElrath will be better when it's dry. So uh, he he will certainly be in the mix. He's much better than I anticipated, but I don't think that he's going to run away with this thing or anything. I think we're gonna we're gonna have a what I thought was a three way. I think now we're gonna have a four way fight for this thing. All right, thanks, JT. Uh, he had to go. Weege. Uh This had to be the most stressful forty eight hours in the history of WPS fly <laughs> racing. Probably they had their. First Supercross ever that they were sponsoring, and I don't know, most fans probably don't realize what that really means, but it means a lot. I mean, their setup was massive. I can't imagine the amount of people and tickets and things they had to get right. And then they had their national sales meeting today. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. So, JT, only because of his unbelievable dedication to being a media guy. I mean, he should have not done this, but not JT. No, no, he's going to do these pods. He's going to do these pods. Um, Yes. So okay. lost JT. He had to do get ready for this big. All right. Should we call Tyler Keith? Should we call Tyler Keith? <laughs> yeah, media darling. Right. Well, look, man. I, I talked to Keith. We saw him at uh, track walk. Oh no, I, you weren't with me at the time. I was. I, saw him and I, was, I like, was. No, oh, I yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He said I'm best media guy, and I said, Yeah, but why were you dumb enough to come on the show? Yeah. And then after I said that, he rescinded my best media guy. Told me I was award. the best media guy. Yes. Yes. And, and, I called him and, dumb. By the way, we're back allowed on track talk again. Yes. 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 Media Core. We are part of the Press Corps. Supercross Media Core. Press Corps. Corps. Corp. Press Corps. Sorry. Yeah. Kind of like, when, it's funny because when I think of Press Corps, I think of the guys that covered like Vietnam 
You know, there's all these, there's all these, there's actually documentaries. I watched one on the press corps that cover wars, you know, press corps. Yeah, there are many reminders in life that we are basically not doing crap. Right, right. And they talk about press corps. I mean, we do nothing. Right. Yeah, Um, we cover dirt bike races. uh, Yeah, okay, so let's, uh, all right, so Nichols, good, great job, one. Did you see Ferranis' crash in the practice? Uh, was this the one where he ended up in the tough blocks, like close to us, like yes. in front of the press box, yep. or was there yeah. a better one? No, no, that was the oh, one yeah, I'm talking I saw about. That. Yeah. yeah, he flew through the air, and that yeah. could have been so bad. I, I, he clipped the one of the triples, and dude, he landed full body right on top of the tough block, just nice cushy landing. Like holy smokes! Obviously, oftentimes those tough blocks are bad. They get kicked out in front of guys and everything else. But uh, this one saved him from serious injury. Honestly, he flew. Yeah, man, and I, look, we said it in those preview videos we did. Like, Ferrandis rides so awesome, but for some reason, when he does have crashes and injuries, they are bad. So I hope that's just complete coincidence. It's got nothing to do with the past. But he's rarely been able to get through any of these championships healthy. You just hope that, that is, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah. he rode good. But I, I, I think he kind of even alluded to uh, maybe that he and AC were having, like, a lap time Oh, yeah. Throughout most of practice. It was 34-92, 34-92, back and forth, back and forth. He was showing some real gumption early, but I I think that might have taken a little wind out of his sails. Like, okay, wait. You think? Yeah. Let me just get through tonight and get some points. Right, right. Uh, Ferrandez gets second. McElrath gets a quiet third, fast all day. Nice quiet third for McElrath. Um, It wasn't quite what I expected. I mean, he won Anaheim one the last two years. Yeah. At no point, I don't think you could really say that McElrath was the best guy, um, mm-hmm. which maybe has the potential to be that. But whatever, dude, it's third at the opener. You can't complain. Yeah, you got to take it, right? Um, yeah. You uh, and so Adamson Cirillo, he oh. was fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. <laughs> he told me he said earlier on the show, like Chad Reed. The problem is like the the fast laps that everyone does in practice. That's not even close to the pace anyone would do in an yeah. actual race. Yeah, I, I think except AC. <laughs> I think he did several qualifying laps in the main. Yeah, he. Uh, it was freaking nuts. He told me that he felt like the fifth was like a win, and that in past years he would have DNF'd because he would have picked <laughs> his bike back up and cartwheeled again. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's. He said, he also said, by the way, because he's awesome, he's an awesome quote machine, he said, all those people that said I was, like, super sketchy and, like, out of control, I didn't do anything to, like, prove them wrong. (laughs) You can count, like, the big moments. Like, we know he went down or went wide in turn one. He got in it with a Hampshire. He crashed a couple other times. But then I went back and watching the show again, there's, like, 18 other clips and drops. Right. He, uh, he's not happy with Hampshire, as I think he probably shouldn't be. Like, but yeah, he he went a little aggressive into RJ, and uh, RJ, you know, it's the old thing. He, RJ went, oh yeah, watch this. You know what I mean? He didn't knock RJ down like RJ did to him, but uh, that's what happens in that class. Yeah, that's the perfect racing incident in the terms of they both see it their way. Yep, yep. Each guy thinks the other guy was in the wrong. Like that's the way it's supposed to go. Like uh-huh. yeah, if you're RJ, you're like he took me higher than he he was passing he, me. Yep. He didn't need to take me that high. And it's round one. I'm here to show that I'm not playing around. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to establish that I'm not going to take that crap. So this, that's what it leads to. So, yeah, yeah, that's – I was talking to one of the NASCAR reporters who 
comes out for Anaheim one, and he's like, "How does that work?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's frontier justice. That's how it. That's how it's supposed to work." Yeah, like, you do yeah. it to me, and I'm going to get you back. And yeah. these guys keep very good notes. And, and neither one is a dirty move, you know. Neither one's dirty and all that. Just, but um, no, like for yeah. sure, Hampshire's move on Adam was worse for yeah. sure. But you know, don't start it, and then that doesn't happen. So yeah. you can blame either guy if you yeah. want, or not blame either. Right, it's just the way it goes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Adam was exciting. It was. He was oh fast. My gosh. <laughs> and I told him, nope, you did nothing to change any of our minds. <laughs> that you're an absolute train wreck out there. <laughs> you just... Dude. <laughs> I think it was extra good because, you know, he's such a, such a magnet for attention. Like, it, this stuff maybe happens time to time, but there more people want to watch him than the average rider. Yeah. So it was being seen. It wasn't for the lead or anything, but I feel like even the TV cameras, I think, they were showing him way more than they were showing Nichols. Yeah. So yeah. it was all in full display. Everyone yeah. was watching him. <laughs> I said, oh, uh, I'm like, how was Mitch? And, and uh, he was like, he was good. He was okay with it. He's like, I don't know if someone slipped him like some, some Adino stuff or what, but he was good. I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> did he say some Adino stuff? Yeah. Stop it. Oh, um, gosh. Look, know, man, though, when was the, I feel like when was the last time there's been a Mitch Freaking out on someone's story. Yeah, it's been a while, right? Yeah, I think Mitch. Yeah, is, I, Mitch don't, is, I don't know if Mitch does that anymore. Right. Um, so AC. So uh, you know, we talked about Ferrandis, McElrath, and AC. The title coming to them. I think this confidence boost for Nichols gets him into the mix. And RJ was good too with his fourth. But I think all like right like all day long in practice and in the main event, the top five guys are going to be the top five guys going forward. Yeah. Well, this is not as deep. Um, as we've seen some Wests in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you just count the amount of factory rides. Uh, you know, Jimmy D definitely showed us at times. Jimmy D was pretty good here and there. I talked to Jimmy D on track he's walk. Great. He's not happy yeah. with us. He said he's no, not No, he, he rescinded it. He did not. It, when we saw him in the pits, he said it wasn't me. It's you, bro. What do you he mean? said, I just didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Yeah, you didn't defend him. He said, we just seen me riding. I don't know why he just didn't say anything. Oh, oh, I was supposed to not saying something was bad. Yes, yeah, not not sticking up for him. You've seen him ride. Oh, I was I, I took it as like I didn't say anything bad, so I'm good. No, 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 no. I, I oh, told crap. him I'm like, Wow, well, we haven't seen you ride. You know what I mean? We don't know how you're looking. Oh. And he goes, We saw me ride, we saw him. like did they do a race and he was the fastest guy? Well, yeah, I saw him ride, but I didn't see any other rider he's racing against. Okay, well whatever. Oh, yeah. You're you're yeah. you're the problem because you didn't stick up. It, I gotcha. No, he did. He did ride well the one day. Tom rod for sure. But uh, he, he rode. He rode good. He rode good. And um, <laughs> he rode the innocent. Uh, the mud. I know he's from New England. Yeah. But I don't think those conditions actually work for him. Yep. The rudimentary geography doesn't always work. But at times during practice and stuff, I think he ended up third in the final session. Yep. Um, uh, he's pretty good. But in general, it's not like. I mean, look. Most of those guys that graduated, Savachi, Plessinger, um, you know, came out of last year's West Group. It's just not quite as deep. So. Yeah, I think it's maybe a little more predictable how these results will go week to week. March Banks will take that sixth for his first ever Supercross, for sure. Uh, Hayes. Yeah, he didn't look sketchy or anything, nope. too. I thought that was pretty good for yep. him. Jacob Hayes yeah. looked good all day. Arena Cross yeah, guy, did. wanted a shot, wanted a chance. Uh, cycle Trader yep. Yamaha gave it to him, and he rewarded that. I think I think Jacob Hayes getting between fifth and tenth and maybe getting higher here or there if something happens uh, is, is, is great, is a, is a good job. You know, to me, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Blos came back to Supercross, got a ninth. 
running JMB's number, good. by the way. That was good. What? I can't even read his numbers. What's his number? 111. Block, Block of letters. Oh, really? Like, yeah, you don't like the way it is, the font? It's it's four vertical rectangles, right? I don't know. Are those ones? Are those supposed to be ones? Yeah. It looks like four giant blocks, or three giant blocks. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. If there's one guy who's got to be disappointed, it's McAdoo. Uh, Geico Honda rider. He went backwards in the main. Uh, I think he fell. Yeah, I didn't know. He told me that he crashed, um, and those like rollers after the finish. Yep. And uh, hit the concrete, and then everything was jacked up. Oh, okay. Dude, we saw him. Oh, my God. We saw one of the worst laps yeah. that you could possibly uh, run. Yeah. I mean, we saw him case every single jump on a track, I think. <laughs> that whole straightaway, yeah. Oh, so bad. It was like me when they tried to show me how the Monster Energy Supercross video game works. Yep. Monster Cup. Yep. I, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> but he had, he had crashed um, uh, before that. If somehow he got 11th, I wouldn't even have thought he would have gotten that. Uh, Jess Pettis. Canada's own. Would you say he was a surprise of the night in the 250s? Well, only because my uh, Canadian colleague, who would be a good scout, uh, wasn't blowing the dude up. So... Oh, I don't know. Please. It sure looked good to me. I, I don't know I, why other people have to doubt him. In Paul Bumex fantasy, I was like, I'll put him in the main all day. Yeah, but I, I was like, is he on the radar legit? Like, where he could really, like, is he gonna? Is he potentially like the Canadian savior? You didn't take that bait. I did not. Did no, not. no, true, true. I did not. Um, yeah, Moseman twelfth uh, uh, probably wants the better ride. Obviously, for him going forward, um, uh, Jerry Robin. You lived um, the Jerry Robin experience. Yeah. No, I didn't pick him for my team. I didn't see the tantalizingness that Jerry sometimes brings. Can we announce here that I'm not only doing fantasy, but I even paid the hundred damn dollars? You did. Jason Wygan, who vowed, who said he hated fantasy, uh, played it for years, said he hated it, though, said that not playing it allowed, took so much stress out of his life and allowed him to focus on other things. And we also my know job. it's your job. And, Mostly. And we also yeah. know it's one of the most frugal uh, people out there not only uh, signed up for fantasy, he also paid money to come in a, a, a big league, big bucks league that we have, private league. Um, why'd you ju- dive back in? What happened? I think that that, um, that industry idiots, I think is what it's called. Yep, yep. And I think it's just going to be so much fun battling with dudes in there. And then, so that that's fun. And um, yeah, I my issue with fantasy, if I was a fan, I'd be all over it was illustrated when Michael Lindsay of Vital MX, who's supposed to be down on the floor shooting photos, is hurriedly trying to get his fantasy team lineup, you know, figured out at, like, 628, like, right before opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, your job is to be on the floor shooting photos, not to be getting your fantasy lineup figured out. And it was <laughs> ruining me for too many years. I remember doing the Supercross Live webcast when, back in the old Moto X Dream Day. Yeah. And I'm picking a fantasy lineup as I'm talking on the show. <laughs> right. It shouldn't be right, happening. Right, right. Well... But you're, I'm in. You're I'm in. in. And you put the $100 in, which may be, it's early in 2019, but this is going to be the surprise of the year so far. So, Yeah, and I didn't realize some of the strategies. I thought I killed it, but apparently I only merely did good, not great. Um, but anyway, I didn't pick Jerry. It wasn't tantalized. I mean, there's some weekend where Jerry is just, he, was, been, he was okay. Listen, practice, I've been telling everybody. I've been telling everybody in our fantasy podcasts, Jerry's a new man. Jerry... Jerry has changed bikes. He's changed coasts. He has changed his entire program up. <laughs> oh, the Jerry experience, you could not script it better that he ends up 
Not in any other position, but the last transfer spot <laughs> in the last chance qualifier. After being riding well in the heat and being in no problem, but then crashing. Like, yep. Yeah. So. Old Jerry experience. <laughs> yep. I don't know. It's like this thing within a thing. Like, there's probably 5% of the people out of the 40-some thousand in that building that knew what was going on. But for that 5% of us, looking at people on social media, people texting us, I mean, my phone was blowing up those last three laps of that LCQ. Mm -hmm. Is Jerry going to hold on? Yeah. And it got sketchy a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Jerry did it. Um, Jerry did it. Most enjoyable part of the evening, for sure, for me. Definitely. Uh, um, All right, so what else? Uh, Carson Brown made the main. Carson Brown uh, has got some, you know, fans and everything else. He, he made the main. Um, uh, yeah, we need to make a rule right here. What? Make sure we do not ever say anything bad about Carson Brown. No. Yeah. Because he has got some fans, and they will come get He's you. Jimmy D level. Jimmy D and Carson Brown are like these cult cults. Yeah, you're right. People yep. just love these guys. Yep. yep. They just love these guys. Um, yep. Enzo Lopes. I didn't really talk. I talked to him at the beginning of the day. I didn't get a reaction afterwards. Um you know, for people I talk to, his biggest thing is going to be whoops. You know, he's not the greatest in the whoops. So, uh, Lopes got 15th for the JGR guys. Um, did you go by the HEP team at all? No, I think you've got it covered. They, they're going to—they're an early clubhouse leader for funnest team right now. Shocking! Yeah, shocking! <laughs> no, I know. I went by there and it was a—it was a blast. Had a good time. So. I haven't broke down Dusty Pipes or George Holland or anyone involved with that to ask why they picked the riders they picked, but it almost seems like they picked the team for that reason. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, they have A-Ray and 70 Deuce. Right. Yeah. And but, then Chiz going to Chiz. But, and, man, like you said, Chiz barely Chiz. Chiz barely Chiz, but doesn't matter. Doesn't that, that like, you, you, there is no barely. You either Chiz and Chiz or you don't Chiz, and he Chizzed. That's it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of – you know what? Unfortunately – this is how it works for teams like that. They'll be good. They just need that herd to thin out a little bit. I mean, we did, I think, have some laughs that Suzuki was really looking good in that last chance qualifier. They had – Suzuki had uh, four out of six, right? At one Something like that. Or was it four out of the top five, even? They didn't have the leader. No. They, didn't they have... had Reed and the three head and, guys. And they didn't have LeMay. LeMay was in the mix on a Honda, but um, – Oh, LeMay was in the mix also. No, what it right? was LeMay was – pretty good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what it was was they had – at one point, they had third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Suzuki did. Yeah. So RM Army. Yep. RM Army. But uh, Anaheim 1 is uh, always the hardest race of the year, obviously, to make, to get in the main, to not go to those LCQs. So it might be okay as, yep. it, as it goes on. Yep. You're not. Oh, some of those factory riders are just not going to be around. They're just not. Um, we talked about the, the Webb and Anderson in the 450s. There's less of those questions for me in 250s. Do you agree? Yeah, I really can't think of anyone that was terrible. I mean, if McAdoo had not crashed and was just riding that bad on his own, I'd be like, whoa. Right. But he crashed, and you know his bike was all, I think, bent up and probably had mud in the grip, so whatever. Uh, yeah, anyone else? There wasn't anyone that like just nope. shocked you with a crazy performance. Nope, absolutely not. I mean, um, Nichols is good. Nichols had not won. I know JT said there was a big gap, but we all know Nichols is a good rider, and the, him winning at any point I don't think was going to blow anybody's wig back. He's capable of this. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Colt Nichols as a like. I like him as a dude. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He's humble. You know. 
I, I like Colt McCoy. And very well spoken, Mike. Yes, yes. I don't even know. You Mike. know, you know who was he, on. I told, I told, I told him this uh, um, at the press conference in my post race. Did you listen to my post race stuff? Uh, no, okay. I'm actually that's on my list until you call me, damn it. Okay, you know, you know who was on to Colt Nichols like early. Big nasty. Uh, Ping was big nasty. Big nasty. Big nasty. A hundred percent. Wow. Was like Colt Nichols' biggest fan, and you know, if there's one thing we all agree on, Big Nasty had an eye for talent. <laughs> but Nichols. I feel like, okay, so Big Nasty, I'll, I'll give him the credit, sure. Okay, maybe he was the leader of that brigade. But I feel like there was talk well beyond the results of Colt Nichols for a long time. And a lot of it was there was a while where that Oklahoma group, which was pretty huge at one point, you know, it was like Kennard uh, and Albertson and Forkner, and they're all at Raynards, and, and Colt was in that group. And that just every week, like, dude, he's so fast, he's so good. And he had – Nothing to show for it results-wise. So there's been a lot of people that I, I don't know what it is. Is it a style or seeing them during the week or whatever? Yeah, I think but it yeah, was. I've heard that yeah, type of thing yeah, yeah. long before he was doing well at the races. Yeah, no, I'm talking. Nasty's telling me about Colt Nichols when Colt was doing Costa Rica races. And, yeah. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know anything about Colt Nichols. I literally didn't. I'd seen his name in some results, and, and, and that was it. And, like, arena cross results. Yeah, yeah, I remember Matt Loretta's doing like, okay, but even because he's cool, admitting that he needed to do better. Right. And, uh, yeah, then so, going to arena cross and not like killing it. Was he ever doing okay? Was he ever but, a top amateur? Did I, did I miss this era? No, he okay. was in the mix and like thought of as a contender, but I don't think he ever, you know, would deliver the result Okay. Um, to make it, make it happen. I literally do not remember Colt Nichols as an amateur ever. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you what he rode. Bike brand. Yeah, he wasn't that obscure. I think it was Team Green a while. He was not that obscure. Okay, okay. Like he was on the radar, but never, yeah, never put it together really. Right. And But for some reason, I'd still hear people being like, "Oh, dude, Colt is so fast." <laughs> right, and you're like, I've huh? "Never seen a good result." Ever. Right, right. No, it's been a long road for him for sure. Started with Cycle Trader again, you know, to kind of come up from there. So, um, good job for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, even that year on Cycle Trader, it was considered his breakthrough year. Mm-hmm. He had like. Flashes. Did he have a podium or was it a bunch of fourths? Yeah, a bunch of fourths, I think, but there were flashes. And people were going nuts. They're like, this guy is so good, so yeah. good. I'm like, yeah, he's doing good, but he's getting fourths. Like, but nope. I don't know. I guess if you watch a ride or maybe, again, during the week or something, yep. that those, or those flashes, people were onto this. Yep. So good, um, good job, Big Nasty. Yeah, good job. Um, all right. Yeah. Anything else happening in your pit walks and everything else? We ate at the fly truck. That was fun. Brad, you blew Bradshaw off. I did. It was amazing. Yep. Uh, we had to. Had work to do. We were walking back to watch practice, the last practice, and Damon Bradshaw was by the fly setup where he hangs out, and we ended up talking to him, and it's just, it's always awesome. And Weege goes to him, hey, we got to go to Bradshaw. Yeah, I know. I know. But practice was starting. Bikes were headed down the tunnel. And it's Anaheim one, like practice really matters. But yes, you you made a great point. Fifteen year old, fifteen year old Jason Wygant, that yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's funny I too. Mean, it's funny yeah. too. Bradshaw was there, and Villeman was was impressed. Day, and we were watching the bikes, and Brad, he got a selfie with Bradshaw, and he was just telling me like, I don't care who you put here, Messi, and he named some other weirdo soccer players, or 
you know, and or or, or Stu, or like he he named everybody. He said that's the man for me. That's the guy for me. Yeah, and it's unfortunate now. You have to be of a certain age. There's nothing you could really show in a record book or something to explain why Bradshaw is Bradshaw. You just you just had to be there. And I've tried to illustrate it by saying, <laughs> You just dude, had to be there. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing, unfortunately, right. there's nothing you can put in the record book that explains why he was so awesome. And I've tried to explain it this way. He freaking won Anaheim 1 in the premier class at 17 years old. 17, yeah. So that would be like our second season. Who's going into their second season? Justin Cooper? Yeah. yeah. Justin Cooper, ladies and gentlemen, wins 450 main event. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm one. Like, right. just think about that. Um, and I try to explain it that way. Like, there is no phenom that is, like, that's just, even Stu was still in the 125 class. Yeah. He didn't move up and went Anaheim uh, a year after he turned pro. Wow. And Bradshaw won the first two and then hurt his ankle in the third one. Yes. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Then he even won round two. So I try to use that to explain, like, you don't understand, like, <laughs> that level of potential and talent and just, like, craziness. I mean, right up there with anyone ever. Right I mean, up there with anyone ever on, like, the, oh, my God. Oh, Stanton, my God, this dude is so fast. Yeah, like, Stanton has six titles and, you know, and probably more money and everything else. And, and I love Jeff. He's, he's six-time. He's great. He's got, you know, yeah. but Bradshaw just yeah. has this thing where for people, like Villeman or me and you or whatever, you know? Yeah, if you were watching races or around or looking at the magazines at that time, it was just crazy. You know what I've even heard some people theorize? Hmm. His freaking name is Damon Bradshaw. It's a good name. And you have a cooler it's a, name? It's a good name. It's a good name, yeah. Yes. Yeah. His name is Damon Bradshaw. And, and look, I think that carry like, I always say most NFL quarterbacks or college superstar quarterbacks have cool names. There's something to that. I don't know why. Uh, the college is so dumb that they're just like, well, his name's Jake Locker. It's got to be good. Yeah. His name is Blake Bortles. Yeah. Right, right. He's got to be good. Right. Yeah, I know, I know, but right? I think the name helped. Um, we saw Coy Gibbs, but he looked to be deep in discussion with important people. Yeah, we really were pumped when we heard Coy was going to be around. Uh, we he literally over we went straight to the truck when we heard he was there. Yes, we were not looking for any information on any riders or how practice had gone. Anaheim won, rumor patrol, couldn't care less. We just wanted to hang out with Coy. But I had heard that there were, you know, the team's looking for sponsors and there might have been some people around. So we didn't want to go in there. The way we normally speak with Koi is probably not what they want to present. Uh, so, unfortunately, we didn't he, get... Oh, he wants to sponsor his team, but he throws water bottles at the members of the media. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very, very strange. Um, we, yeah, 100%, it would have been fantastic to, to have some Koi stories for this podcast, which we, which we would have had. We would have got some. Uh, so. Yeah, it's just so rare. And I think everybody on the team feels that way. Yeah. Like, Koi is just hilarious, and they probably all miss not getting it every week also. Uh, there was no video tribute to Phil Nicoletti, like I had hoped. <laughs> you know? So, unfortunately for that. The amount of times, I, the, I'm on this text thread with the JGR guys, and we have framed up any possible scenario you can come up with why Phil might have to ride Supercross this year, and he has batted them down. I mean, he's got, like, the forehand, the backhand. Right, like, Right. Send any theory we want on Wahoo Ray Supercross this year, and he will knock it right back yeah. at you. Death Cross is not going to yeah. happen for Phil. He's yeah, he's not doing it. Um. All right. Yeah, I was supposed to do a feature for Racer X uh, on Honda coming up, and I was hoping to um, 
use my time at Anaheim to do some of that. I did nothing, so I need to get busy this weekend at Glendale. Well, I was supposed to do Yamaha one, and I'm right there with you. Oh, okay, good. Good to hear that. Yeah, yeah that didn't happen either. Um, but my story's looking good because they won both classes, and Plessinger got sixth. So. And Verandas got second. Verandas got second. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah one, two in the 250. Yeah, well, guess who else? And one, six in the 450. And guess who else switched to Blue Crew in the offseason? And, uh, and so we're all happy with what's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is pretty amazing. I mean, they didn't even have a team. All these stats, dude, so many crazy stats. So, uh, oh, my gosh, I almost said Bradshaw. Barsha <laughs> has not won in six years. Third longest. Uh, third the, longest. The third longest gap. Yep, yep. Yep. But here's the best stat of all. You surely have found out the answer at this point. When was the last time a YZ450F1? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was Stu. <laughs> it, was it was Stu. Daytona. Oh, yeah. 2012. <laughs> That's right. Stu. Stu got to be have to be mentioned in this conversation. He did it. <laughs> we have to mention uh, Stu. Yeah, and, and Marty or no? We'll just wait for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but for reals, right? Like, third longest gap, Barsha, Yamaha not winning in six years. Uh, Twelve, wait, no, seven years. Seven years, 2019 now. Um, wow. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Crazy streaks, yep. right? Crazy. Yeah, uh, and, and, you yeah. know, when Stu won... When he was winning on Yamahas, it was either L&M or JGR. So the factory Yamaha team, which didn't even exist for a while. No, no, no. Don't. don't I'm not. No. They threw that out there. I know. I don't care. Don't throw that out there. That's stupid. Okay. That's stupid. That's like I saw a stat the other day. Like, I don't know who the quarterback was, but it was like uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown for over 264 yards in this amount of games. Right, like it was some number that you just looked at his worst, his worst game, which was two hundred and sixty-four. You know what yeah. I mean? And pick that yeah. number. You pick that random number. Right. So you can make They'll any agree. Step like, like saying, that, so. "Oh my God, how is it crazy that Team Yamaha hasn't won in eleven years?" Well, it's because they had freaking James freaking Stewart. They yeah. just didn't have on no, Team Yamaha. That's what I mean. It's like, and same with McGrath. Like, was McGrath wasn't a factory Yamaha guy? Bullshit. The bike was built in Cyprus every weekend. You know, yeah. So don't give me that. Um, yeah, and even um, when when the pro circuit team has losing streaks here and there, people then start scurrying the record book to be like, man, when was the last time Mitch didn't win titles or didn't win races? And there's always this hole in like 2002 to 2004 where it's like, oh man, it's really struggling. And I'm like, yeah, because Kawasaki's best guy was James Stewart, and he rode for Team Kawasaki, not Mitch. So I yeah, actually of Mitch didn't win nearly as many races. Of course, that's actually. I don't. I've never really thought of that. <laughs> you're just you're just putting my mind onto that. Oh, it because, gets brought up all the time. Because I've done the, I've done stuff three years, and I'm like, right. yeah, because they didn't have James Stewart. If they had him, they'd be winning just like they always did. Um, if if James Stewart was on Team Yamaha instead of Sam Manuel, which yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah, be, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Mitch thing. I'm still wrapping my mind around it because I've done articles on that. I've done stories on that. <laughs> oh no, and missed that whole. I kind of just missed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they're struggling. I don't know what the problem was. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. they had to race against James Stewart instead of having him <laughs> right, race right. for them. We, we have to race this guy in a Kawasaki, and he's beating us yes. badly. Yes, yes. Um, okay, yeah, my mind's blown right now because all those stories, I've think, I thought back to all those sort of streaks oh. and winless things. I've never really <laughs> thought of that. Um, okay, so, all right, uh, anything else? What else? Who else did you talk to? Anybody else you have a good conversation with? Um, I've talked to somebody 
that that uh, well, it's Kiefer uh, that told me Anderson went back to an older motor setup, and I'm going to do some digging up on that. So that'll be interesting to find out. There's definitely, there's definitely. I don't know how much it means, but there's definitely some bike setup drama going on in that, you know, ATM Husky group. Yeah, there definitely is. Well, I mean, they can't fix it, and I know you're probably saying it doesn't even matter. Well, what I'm saying is that you know, like, it's going to be tough for those two teams to to figure out what's going to what's going to. I mean, you know, I mean, it's going to be tough to figure out like is Husky. Their own separate deal and KTM's are. It's, oh. it's odd that they both have you know issues with the bikes. I know. So it's just I know. Two but, OEMs. Uh, but as always, with with either those brands or with dudes in the Baker's factory, you know, it's almost like Belichick and uh, Brady. You know, doubt them at your own peril. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been here before, and they fix it. Right. Okay. Anything else? This has been a long podcast, bro. It's Anaheim one. It's got. It's always. It's always that way. So. I didn't. I didn't feel like. Um, as far as going to the pits and talking to people, I was really disappointed uh, in how it worked out. But as JT kind of alluded to there, that's kind of the way Anaheim 1 is. Like, if you want to go – at one point I tried to go over and hang out at the Yamaha truck. And you probably experienced this when you worked there. Like, these trucks are freaking packed. It's the home race yeah, yeah, for the majority it, yeah. of these teams. Yep. And there are 100 people who will probably not really go to any other races. They, they work at the office or whatever. Yeah, um, it's really hard to get around and get yeah. in the trucks and bro down with people. I mean, as always, we, St. Louis is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I think Detroit is becoming Detroit the Detroit will be the new St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. Detroit is the new St. Louis. If you want to bro down, you want to hang out. I'm sure Detroit. Come to Detroit. Come to the truck. Right. Because there will not be any random people hanging out yep. inside the pits. Yep. Um, you got really mad that I call. I was calling you during a press conference, but I was trying to get some. Stats, bro. Well, do your own stats. Well, I, Why do you need me? I, I just thought you would know off the top of your head. That's all. I thought you would know. Yeah. yeah. So. Called me during the press conference. <laughs> your phone was ringing. <laughs> I yeah, just, and then I red-buttoned you, and then you just called me right back. Because I wanted you to look at the text. It was text that I was sending. I didn't want to call talk to you, per se, but I need to get your yeah. attention. I'm, like, typing and recording yes. audio, so my hands are full. I'm Sorry. I can't look at text at that moment. Okay. Um, you were in the room. You knew the press conference was going on. I needed you to look at your text to help me with my stats. You called me during the press conference while you were in the press conference. Yes. <laughs> Just to get your attention. Okay. I was never going to actually talk to you. I just needed you to pick up your phone to answer that text. Um, I really enjoy that it's Daniel Blair doing those. I mean, it just adds to the... Just another character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It, it is great. Yeah, he's coming in for the Pulp Show tonight too. It'll be fantastic, and he loves yeah, Jacob Hayes. Yeah, we so love him. We'll talk about Jacob Hayes. I said I was from Main Event Moto again. Yeah. So, you know that yep. that that, that, yep. that part's all great. I was um, going to uh, mention too that I spoke to the Kawasaki guys, of course, and I said to them, uh, "When do we hear that the new bike is? Uh, you know, you're still learning." And they they shot that down, Weege. So. They shot it down. Oh, they're ready. Yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're very happy with the new bike. They've learned a ton. And Tyler Bowers really helped out a lot with it. And um, so, yeah. Oh. They were claiming oh. that I am not going to hear that. I don't know. We, we can't take much out of Tomac's ride either way, good or bad. But the only thing, and this is so small sample size, you have to admit that Savace has been good and fast each time we've seen him race it, which is point oh oh one percent of the amount of races he'll actually do. Yep. Yep. But he's been good. Yep. And I if didn't that means anything. And I thought his gear looked good again. We all that's 
That's because you think it's JT. That's why. Is that it? I think you think it's JT. It kind of does, yep. I think that could be it. Just green and blue, like just classy, classy colors. Well, it has J1 on it. Right. It literally says J1 instead of JT, like under the collar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It might as well be a T. You throw in the just one one, the JTT, and Chris blows his number one. I don't even know what alphabet. It's like Hebrew now. (laughs) Uh, All right, so Glendale, Ron of Glendale. Um, anything else? Usually, awesome yeah. track. It's always been an awesome track. It, ha- it it is, yeah. It usually is. So that'll be that'll be come great. on, Glendale, do it. Yeah, please come back, Glendale. Um, thanks yeah. to Fly Racing. Thanks to uh, you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Maxis. Thank you, Alpine Stars, and uh, Jason Thomas, who's gone now, and Jason Wygant. Thanks, man. All right, later. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.